They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. We are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Hey, Joe, how are you this fine day? I am doing well, Jeff. Uh, a little rainy here in uh, central Massachusetts, but not too bad for uh, June Monday morning. So how are you? I am well. I'll tell you, yesterday afternoon was absolutely gorgeous, but it is kind of overcast and yucky here also. But you know what? Ground could always use it. Always makes the plants look greener. So it's okay. Yeah, and as long as uh, this weekend is bright and shiny for us to be out there and enjoy the weather, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. So, But uh, yeah, it's been a pretty uh, busy couple of weeks. And I was at the Tour de Cure, Ocean State Tour de Cure in Rhode Island, uh, yesterday, uh, raising money for diabetes research and help kids to get to a diabetes camp. And uh, I did a 30-mile bike ride, so I am feeling a little sore today from that. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I am feeling a little sleepy. I I slept 11 hours last night. Oh, my God. 11 hours last night? That's pretty good. Yeah, but that just shows how tired I am. <laughs> I did some... I did some traveling this week. I had the uh, opportunity and honor to be at Luther Crest Bible Camp in Alexandria, Minnesota, as the pastor person there to kind of do some theology and worship leadership with the summer staff. So that was nice. a great, great nice. time. Yeah. yeah, it was fun to be with them and uh, excited for their summer. It's going to be great. So they were relying on you to teach them about Lutheran theology before summer camp began? Correct. Oh, my goodness gracious. Those poor kids. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Let's Just bring, kidding. <laughs> let's bring someone from New England to Minnesota where there's more Lutherans than people. <laughs> right. To talk right. about theology. No, uh, it was good. It was good. actually really great. So what was really fun about it was how eager they were, you know, just to talk about it and to dig into stuff. So that was really fantastic. Just uh, some wonderful young adults in the life of the church ready to serve, which is very promising when we're in an age where everything we hear and read says contrary to that. So I was very, very encouraged, but I am also very, very sleepy. So, <laughs> Well, traveling does that to you. And being at camp, I'm sure you're you know up early, uh, staying up late at night and trying to soak it all in. So, uh, yeah, so exactly. glad, glad you're back and glad you got some rest last night. And I hope your legs get uh, rested up too. Yeah, thank you. Just goes to show how easy it is for us to get involved in many activities. And I think one of the things we want to talk about today is, I guess, that balance that we need in our life. Uh, because it's so easy, especially for you and me, and I'm sure many others out there, that when you are approached to do something, it, it feels good to be approached to do something, and it's hard to say no. Yeah, I am really bad at that. I, I've actually been trying to work on it because I feel like I get pulled in so many directions and it's sometimes it's just easier to say yes or you start to ask yourself, well, why shouldn't I do that? Or of course I could help with that project or whatever it is. But I think it is important to maybe start to establish some criteria or things like that because I know I, it's very easy for me to burn the candle at both ends. That never leads to a good place. And we get so overcommitted that it, it just – 
is overwhelming for us and our family, and, and we suffer because of that. And I know I've also been trying to work on that, and it, especially coming up to the summer, I've looked back at the last probably three or four, even five summers, and I would say almost every other week I'm gone somewhere doing something, either a, a chaplain at a camp or teaching at a uh, a school or going on vacation with my family or uh, youth group adventures. I mean, it just seems as though my summer is packed. Either I'm preparing for to go somewhere or I'm I'm gone. So I've really tried to cut back this summer on try, on those commitments so I can spend some time uh, at the church and with my family and and just kind of doing some of those things that I've just put off because of. The, the number of commitments that I've had. Well, kudos, because I am still in that place. <laughs> <laughs> coming and going and going and coming and yep. racing off to one other place. And, uh, you know, it's all good stuff. I'm excited to be doing it. But, yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden the summer will be over and there will not have been much rest happening. No, right, right, right. I always call it the great lie in the church is that, you know, the next season of, will calm down. Having done this for 15 years almost now, I've never found that to actually ever be true. It, it may be dependent upon on your personality, too. I mean, you're the type of person who likes to be out there. I talked to a colleague, and this was a number of years ago, who said, you know, I just love the summer because I get to catch up on all the reading. You know, I just sit around my office and read all day. I'm like, what? How can you do that with all these things that happen in the summer? But, I mean, he was wow. the type of person who, who did say no, who who said – we're not going to be doing VBS at church. Where I'm not going to be doing all of these other things that I've, uh, you know, have these opportunities to do. So he was able to to relax a little bit. But but yeah, I, I totally agree. In 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 my time in in the ministry, this this is always uh, a promise that has never come to be fulfilled. So maybe let's just uh, kibitz a little bit about that. So what are what are some ways that we can maybe start to establish some criteria for what you would say yes to or maybe say uh, maybe not right now? I think the first thing to do is to know what your – I want to say maybe mission is in, in life, to know what your, your priorities are. You know, if you, if you sit down and say, okay, this season of my life, this is what I want to accomplish – and if, if a commitment comes and it doesn't fit into that, then maybe it's an opportunity to say no to whatever that thing is. So if, if you say, you know, this summer I really want to spend time with my family and I really want to spend time with, with the people in my congregation during over the summer. So if opportunities come up that will take me away from that, then I really need to evaluate and say, is this something that is going to help me accomplish this part of, of my life, or is it going to take it away? And then I can say yes or no, depending on what that answer may be. Yeah, I think that's important. I think that really is important. I've been reading that Greg McGowan book, Essentialism, which is a couple of years old now. Yep. Uh, and I've, I've been finding it very, very helpful. I mean, he's got that whole thing about priorities is really a misname, misnomer. You can't have more than one priority. I mean, the word priority actually means one thing. And if you're not about one thing and you're about many things, you're really about nothing. Right. I, I feel that way a lot. I feel like, man, I'm trying to be in every single place at once. I mean, I say it jokingly. I've yet to master the ability to be in two places at the same time, but it's true. You can't. So you got to think about, well, what's what's key here and what's it serving? If it's just being busy or if it's just fulfilling other people's expectations, that's maybe not the best reasons. Right. Yeah. I also think taking the time to answer 
someone when they ask you to do something. So then you have mm. time to yes. reflect. I mean, I, my first thing is if someone asks me to do something, I say yes. And then I try to figure out how I'm going to actually do that. But yeah, me to, too. to take a yeah. step back and, and to say, well, thank you for offering this to me. I'm going to have to get back to you. Uh, so that gives you an, an opportunity to ask questions. How much time is going to – do I have to commit to this project? Is this a forever thing or is it just a one- or two-month thing to look back and say, can I really fit this into my schedule? You know, If you're meeting t- a meeting on a certain day at a certain time and I already have a meeting there, then you, know, you might as well not commit to that because you're not going to be able to go to the meetings. And then really to sit back and, and look at how is this going to fit in with this season of life of things that I want to accomplish. So, so not necessarily say no first, but say, thank you, I will get back to you. And then that gives you an opportunity to sit back and reflect. Yeah, that's a really good one. How do you balance maybe like your work commitments with your personal commitments? I'm allowed to have personal commitments? Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. I wonder <laughs> I wonder about that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Cuz to say, you know, like man, it'd be really great to be on this particular whatever it is. It would really be good experience for me, or I feel like I could really add a lot to it, or, you know, it might help me out down the line. All those things might actually be true, but if it completely takes you away from people in your life that you care about, maybe that's, maybe that's not the right season for that. I don't know. Right, right. Well, I know you and I both enjoy doing stuff with our kids and being coaches for the sports and stuff. And, and I know it was really tough for me this season. I wanted to be there with my son. He played lacrosse this spring and I talked to the coach about helping out and volunteering, and and then once when I sat down and actually look at it, you know, between the other kids that I have and their activities and and work and stuff, I was only able to make it one or two days a week to practice, and and eventually I had to stop doing it because my commitments were just getting a little too crazy. So that I look back and say that probably wasn't the best thing for me to do, even though I really enjoy it, but to look at and see how we can be involved and how we can be active and and not overwhelmed is is a good thing to do. Yeah. Or maybe something is good, but it's good for a time. Right. I know I was on Senate council for one, only one year because it was uh, somebody was retiring and then that seat was open. I was elected, but that's another story for another time. But anyway, it was on for one year and it was a pretty big time commitment and I really liked it. I was learning a lot about the way the church operates and all those kinds of things. Uh, And I thought the work was really interesting as well. But uh, it was right at the time when our daughter was being born that I could have ran to be elected for it again. And I just decided I don't have the time for this right now. Right, right. So that was even something that I kind of liked. But at the same time, I knew it was not right for our family. You know, I don't regret that decision. It was good. It was the right one. Uh, A blogger that I I follow is Michael Hyatt, and he gives a lot of great information about living life to your fullest and a lot of practical business advice and and, and that sort of thing. And he has uh, a couple of Excel spreadsheets that are time blocks. So one is is a full year. So you take a look at your year and you say, okay, this is when I want to take vacation. These are the conferences that I want to go to. Here's time that I'm going to spend with my family. So really those those major blocks of time that you want to commit. And then you can utilize that to fill in some of the other areas so you're not overwhelming yourself. So you can take a look. Okay, you know, January through June, I 
uh, looks pretty good, but over the summer I have the all these commitments that I need to you know not have anymore. Or this fall, here's here's the amount of time that I could spend doing other things. But also he has a, a weekly time block that you can put down, and he he talks about having a theme each day. So Mondays is an opportunity for you to do a lot of. Uh, I do a lot of social media stuff on Monday. Tuesday and Thursdays are meeting days, and Wednesday is sermon writing days. So you can really kind of spread things out. So Wednesdays, I try to keep my meetings to a minimum if I can, because I want to spend time writing my sermon and I can try to schedule Tuesdays and Thursdays for meetings. So I think it's, that's another way to be helpful to some of the time planning opportunities that we do have. Yeah, that's really good. I guess I do some of that stuff too. Monday, I usually use as my setup day for the week. And Thursday, I try to set aside to write sermons. And then the other stuff just kind of happens Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm doing that unintentionally. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. And, yeah. and But it, sometimes we let our schedule dictate you know, what we do because someone says, well, I only can meet this day and, and we try to be accommodating. But if we have even on our calendar that most of the day I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z – and I can't meet that day, well, then we just need to find another time. And sometimes you want to be flexible and say, well, you know, I, I, maybe I'll spare an hour, but, you know, try to keep that to a minimum. Yeah, I've, the, something I've been struggling with lately is I've had things bleeding over into my time off to the point where somebody at church called me on it and asked me what was the last time I took a full day off, and I, I had a hard time actually answering the question. So that's, that was a good check for me. Because it's very easy to say, oh, this will only take an hour. I can go do that. It's not a big deal. But it adds up where all of a sudden you're not even resting, which then really kills your product, not only your productivity, but just your outlook on life. You're not you're not being the person you can be if you're always on. Yeah, that is true. It, rest is important. Taking time off is important. Finding time to do that. Like you said, even an, an hour here or there is really it really adds up and it really uh, hinders that opportunity to, to not only rest, but doing some of the things that, that you need to do. And what I've learned through that is you actually have to schedule it. Yeah. So you have to schedule your time off. So it's not like, no, I'm not doing anything then. I have something then. I've already planned for that right. time period. Right. And uh, I found the same with exercise. I know you like to ride your bike and I like to run and walk and do that kind of stuff. But same thing. It needs to be actually on the calendar or it just either gets lost because something comes up or, you know, you figure out a way not to do it for other reasons. If it's on the calendar, it's time to go running or get on your bike or swim or whatever it is people might be doing, then you'll do it, yeah. right? which is really important, really is. So does your family have like weekly traditions for you to spend time together or is it kind of hit or miss or do you try to schedule that every once in a while? How does that usually work? I would like to say we have lots of times where that happens, but I will be I will be completely honest and say in the last year or so it's really gotten away from us. Most of it is the age of our kids and just them not doing stuff. That time has evaporated because they're busy now too. Yeah. So it it has become more of an issue for sure. We used to have Sundays where pretty much our time together after you know church and worship stuff was pretty much done, and then we'd always have a family meeting to kind of talk about the upcoming week and what our schedules were. I don't know. Just just hasn't happened in a while. So that's that's another reason that that needs to get back on the schedule. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, we've been pretty lax about that as well. You know, we were pretty good about, you know, having dinner together and uh, spending some, at least Friday night, you know, we, we try to do pizza and a movie, but even some of the entertainment value has, has gone from that and our kids like to do their own thing or they have uh, their friends that they're getting together with or whatever. So yep. it is something that again, has to be intentional, has to be, it's not just going to happen. It has to be something that we plan on doing uh, because most of the week we're going in a hundred different directions with a hundred different activities and to at least have a couple of times during the week where we spend some time together as a family is important. So coming back to the no thing, uh, can you think of something that you would have just loved to do, but you decided that no was the more appropriate answer? That's kind of hard because I always say yes. <laughs> That's right, friends. Two bald pastors. We are yes men. <laughs> Let me think about that. Do you have Do you have an example? or? Yeah, I can uh, think of several, but one that came, uh, comes to mind right away is uh, a call that was offered to me. So uh, years ago, I think it was 2007 or eight. I was uh, pretty comfortable in the call I was in and uh, received word from campus ministry that they were interested in me as a candidate and would I be interested in some interviews. And I ended up interviewing at two different campus ministries in, in Iowa. And uh, one of them I really loved. I thought it was great. I liked the people a lot. I was looking at the ministry and was really excited about it. And then things just kind of didn't work out. You know, it was kind of like, well, they presented a package to me that was no way going to work for a single person, let alone a person with a family. And uh, I was also, like I said, I liked the church I was at. It wasn't enough to say yes to, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I remember, and I remember having the conversation with the call person because I had gotten the word that they had offered it to me and I had called her back and uh, she said, you know, we're even going on on a limb to do this. And uh, I felt really bad, but I said, I can't, I just, I can't see a way that this would make sense for us to do, even though I'd like to do it. So I love campus ministry. I love working with young adults. I, I the excitement around their questions is, is really engaging. And uh, I thought it could be a cool path forward at that moment in my career. You know, I was still uh, in my twenties at that point. You know, it could have been a cool way forward, but I just couldn't see a way to say yes to it and in a way that wouldn't a real imposition on the rest of my family. How about you? Any times for you? Kind of a similar situation, actually. I was approached by a number of, diff of different outdoor ministry sites to apply for an executive director position. And one I did follow through with and, and interview with, and they wanted to offer me or did offer me the position, but it wasn't a full-time position and it just wasn't going to work for my family and I. And I looked at a number of different options to really make it work, but really nothing could come together. And so I had to turn that position down and it really got me thinking, uh, you know, and, and you're listening to your story as well is it, I think that's all part of the discernment call is to sit and, and right. think and pray and is this going to work and it could look good on paper as far as what we would want to do or feel called to do but there's a lot of different options that go into it and that's part of the discernment that I think we all have to go through in our lives is is what is going to be not only good for us and fulfilling for us vocationally but also what is going to be good for our families as well yeah especially when you're talking about uprooting people you know that's it's tough yeah you can't do everything, and that's the problem. That's true. That's true. Because I like, I like to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of my 
you know, downfalls we talked about is, is doing everything and, and saying yes and feeling kind of pressured into that sometimes. And, and I know that was a, a, a has been a big problem for me and, and saying no, you feel bad about it because even if you, you try to rationalize it in your head and you know, intellectually that, uh, may, you know, maybe I could squeeze that in or maybe I could do that. And, but the reality is that it takes a lot more time than you think it does, uh, to, to do it right. So, so what I'm trying to figure out for myself just professionally is at church, what are the things that I can say no to? Because, I mean, I know there's certain things pastors have to do, but if somebody else can do it, and especially if somebody else can do it better than I can do it, I don't need to be doing that. Right. I'm just trying to figure that out for myself because I think ultimately for the life of the congregation, that's better. You want leaders to be healthy and you also want people to do ministry besides just one person. So I'm trying to figure that out. For myself. And that's a good thing uh, to figure out, taking a, an inventory of all the things that you do and then putting a check. Oh, yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that. And, and maybe circle some of the ones that you can put off uh, and maybe ask someone else to do. And I think that's a good way to, to go about doing things. Definitely. Right. And it's not to minimize the things that you say no to are not important things. It's just maybe they're not the things that either one you're the most equipped to do or Maybe they are the things that somebody can do and feel really passionate about, and they just suck the life out of you when you do them. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. It doesn't mean they're not important, but you know, somebody needs to do it. You know, maybe maybe somebody else can. I mean, maybe that's a way to ask for help. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and figuring out that for yourself, and maybe you right. know, seeking some advice from others, but not necessarily have someone dictate that to you. I had that's someone true. once who who said these are the three important things that a pa- every pastor has to do. And I said, okay, what are they? And I disagreed with two of them. I said, no, a pastor does not have to do that. And so I have to figure out what is the most important thing for me and, and how I do things and lead to my gifts and abilities. And what are some of the things that I don't have to do that I could ask someone else to do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, in that, that Greg McGowan book, it's one of the early pages. He has this graphic of um, energy being spent and it's a circle and the there's two images of it. And on the left-hand side, it's short little arrows coming off of that circle of energy being expended in all kinds of different directions. Yep. And then in the second depiction of this picture, he took up all the little sticks from those arrows and added it up and put it into one. So you had one arrow with a very long stem going in, in a direction. And then in the other one, it was very, very short stems trying to do all things at once. And just looking at that without explaining it, it was just so apparent to me how you get drawn in so many different things and feel ineffective because you're not focused. Right. I think that's really important. I, th- I think especially, you know, we're in a time and age where our congregations aren't bursting at the seams. We're trying to we're trying to refigure out what it means to be church in a changing culture and time. And we need to figure out what our main jive is and go with it rather than just trying to keep all these things running all the time in all these different directions that may or may not be working all that well and maybe never have. So that's where I'm at is trying to assess not just, oh, can we keep this particular event going or this particular ministry or program going, but you know, what's the trajectory in the way we can be church and what will be helpful for the future and we need to expend our energy in that direction. That reminds me of actually another book called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. Okay. And what they talk about in that book is uh, imagine your life, say, 10 years from now. 
What is the one thing that you can do now that will make life easier so you can get to that one thing 10 years from now? And then ask about it, okay, five years from now. Okay, mm-hmm. two years from now. Okay, this year. Okay, this, this month. What is the one thing that you can do now that will make the next month easier or tasks unnecessary? So, so then you basically break everything down to what is the one thing I can do now that will make – the thing that I do today easier or unnecessary. That'll make thing to make the next month or the next year or the next five years easier or unnecessary because the focus should be that, that 10 year goal. Okay. Right. What am I going to do? What, what, what is my life going to look like 10 years from now? Am I going to be, do I want to be debt free? If that's a goal, then maybe I shouldn't buy this $500 guitar or whatever, you know, because that but is, it's really nice, Jeff. <laughs> but it's not, uh, it's not necessary and it's not going right. to make things easier. And, you know, That's correct. um, yep. having that thing in your mind, whether it's a personal thing or even a church thing, what does this church want to do? Where does this church want to be in 10 years? And what are we doing now? And that's the one thing I think I know our church struggles with it. Yours probably to a certain extent is, is what is our identity? Where is our goal? Where are we going? I mean, it's nice to be here and to be in a, a place where we offer opportunities for worship and and to grow in our faith and and all those are, things are very important. But if we, are we just here to exist, or are we here to actually do something? If we're here to actually do something, what are we doing, and how are we going to do it? Yeah, I think that's great. That reminds me of that uh, Simon Sinek piece on starting with why. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That whole if you can identify what your why is, then the what's and how you do it will come into come into focus. Whereas if you're just focused on the what's and how's, you know, you don't necessarily answer why you just kind of keep doing it. Yep, definitely. Which I think too, if you're trying to learn how to say no to things, if you can answer that why for yourself, I would, that starts to come into focus a little bit too. Don't you think? Like you could go to this program or event or sign up to be part of this team for something. And this is going to sound maybe crass and I don't mean it to, but why would you do that? Right. If you can't answer that, rather than saying, well, why wouldn't I do this, which is usually how I begin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Why would I do this? What purpose is it serving? If you can answer that and then evaluate, okay, yes or no, that would be good. Or another thing I heard, it was again in that McGowan book, is it should be a resounding yes or – and if it's not like you feel passionately about saying yes to it, then it probably is a no. Yeah. And and again, going back to that one thing, if you're – one thing is to have a good relationship with your kids and your wife and the important people in your life. Then now saying no to serving on another community organization and working 70 hours a week and being a part of three different boards, you need to prioritize some of that and say no to the other things so you can say yes to spending time with your with your loved ones if that's one of the one things that you want to do and is important to you. But if you, one of the things is you want to run for mayor or something and you need to be involved in all these community things, then that's what you need to do then. You know, it, 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 there has to be that balance and it has to be intentional, not just happenstance. Yeah, I agree. I would say when I was working all those hours and forgetting to take my days off, my, my time being present with my family was not only minimized, but my attention level with them was also. Yeah. Because I was always thinking about all the other things I had to do. Certainly that wasn't serving them and definitely wasn't serving me. I mean, ultimately, I mean, just because I was involved in all this stuff and trying to do all these things didn't make me good at them. I mean, it was, if you've only, if you've got a hundred pennies in a jar, 
you've got a hundred pennies in a jar. You can't spend 110 of them. Right, <laughs> just, right, right. You can't, right, you right. can't. If you're giving five to each thing and you're doing that many things, maybe that's not, that's not helping. That's that arrow or the circle with many arrows around it versus one. Well, this has been a good conversation and very helpful for me to try to figure some of those stuff out and, and try to figure out a little bit more on how I can say no and, and really prioritize some of the things that I want to be doing in my life. And I think it will be good to – I mean I've read Essentialism, but I think it's always good to go back to some of those things and, and reread them and say, okay, how have I been applying some of these things or how have I not been applying and, and what can I do to make, make a difference in that? So. Yeah, and I think too, I mean, this is a constant struggle. It really is, especially if you're trying to do things that are meaningful and you're trying to lead well and you're trying to, you know, go somewhere with your activity level, energy, time, life. You know, you want to be spending it in a way that is helpful, not just to yourself, but to others. And it's very easy when you get into those positions to be asked to do more. And so you got to be able to assess and be able to say no. And it's just, it is a constant, constant struggle. Yeah. So I hope, I mean, we, I don't know how much we solved on that today, but I hope for people that are listening to us, they can at least resonate and uh, maybe they've got some great ideas to help us along too. I hope so too. So if you do have some great ideas, please let us know, Uh, check us out on Facebook or our website and, and let us know. But uh, Jeff, what are some of the things that are coming up for you that places that you'll be or, you know, some exciting stuff that we've talked about doing with the two bald pastors? Yeah. So one of the things I've been uh, working on and stewing over and uh, Joe's been really helpful with is uh, doing a sermon series for the summer. One of the things that I have been itching to do for a number of years now and finally am going to do uh, because I'm able to say no to the other thing is uh, doing a sermon series on Acts. So I love the book of the Acts of the Apostles. A few years ago, the church I was serving, I was in a Bible study group, and we read through the whole book, and it was awesome. I just loved it. It helped me see the church differently, my leadership differently, how to be faithful in the 21st century differently, and uh, I am excited to delve into that a little bit more. So uh, we've, we're not working our way through the entire book of Acts because there's not that many weeks <laughs> <laughs> in the summer. But I think we've picked a lot of good highlights from the book of Acts. I know a lot of people have not heard or read really through the whole story because uh, if you use the Revised Common Lectionary, you really only hear those stories in Easter and just some of them. But uh, I'm excited to dig into it. So uh, we'll have that posted soon on our website. You can dig into it right now. I've been working with Acts for a couple weeks already because I used it for uh, the last Sunday in Easter as uh, an Ascension text. And then for Pentecost, also that Acts 2 text that a lot of us have heard many times. But uh, we're going to pick it up again uh, through Trinity Sunday through uh, Labor Day. And uh, that will be... That will be what I'm working on and hope others might want to uh, join me. Yeah, I'm excited about this because I, too, love the book of Acts. And what we'll do is we'll put a a link on our uh, website, twobaldpastors.com backslash Acts, A-C-T-S. And you can uh, see our sermon series on that page. I also will put a link on that page a number of years ago. I reached out to some colleagues and uh, had a blog series on the entire book of Acts. 
So each each person had a couple of chapters, and we posted that. So I'll post a link to that on my uh, personal website, uh, so you can check out that too as a resource as we kind of go along through the uh, the, the series this summer. So. And if you are interested in joining us in the series, drop us an email. Let us know and say, yes, this is a great idea, and this is how I'm going to be using it. Here in my church, we did do the regular Pentecost story, but we will be starting the series this Sunday. So check it out and let us know what you think. And I want to also give uh, some props to uh, Dr. Matt Skinner, who teaches at Luther Seminary. He's got a great book on uh, Acts called Intrusive God, Disruptive Gospel, Encountering the Divine in the Book of Acts. I uh, had gotten a copy of that when it came out and was reading through it, and that was also some inspiration for wanting to preach on Acts this summer. So we'll put a, a link to that book also in the show notes, but also on that website, twobaldpastors.com backslash Acts. Another opportunity you have is uh, we now have two bald pastors t-shirts so Ooh, i want one yes well i got one and you got one too and now everyone I've who listens many to this, times already actually yeah <laughs> now everyone here who can get one and we are going to have a synod assembly sale for only twelve ninety nine. you can buy your own two bald pastors t-shirt so if you go to twobaldpastors.com backslash t-shirt, you can go directly to Amazon where you can buy your own t-shirt. There are a variety of colors. Uh, you can buy, uh, we have men's, women's, and children uh, t-shirts for only twelve ninety nine. So you go there and then you can proudly display to the world your love for the two bald pastors. So the price is going to go up after this weekend, the Synod Assembly here in the New England Synod. So uh, go ahead and get your T-shirt now. And uh, yeah, and also if you do, um, go ahead and take a picture and post it on your favorite social media using the hashtag two bald pastors so we can see your love for this show. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today for this podcast. And we hope that you did. Uh, get some insight on finding some balance in your life and saying no, and we hope to see you online and talk to you soon. Have a great day. Be blessed. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Well, we are uh, planning a... I was going to just make some big, huge lie up. <laughs> Movie. Uh, well, we are tour. in the book yeah, tour. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All that Speaking no. of doing uh, things, we are going to be in your local area. Right. <laughs> I'll be at your bookstore on Wednesday. No. Uh, oh, I don't know. Never, never making a decision. Just always <laughs> talking right along. <laughs> oh.